Hello, welcome to the studio. I'm Juliette Foster. And in this session, we are talking about security strategies to truly evolve with the business. Mark, you have this habit of getting the first question. <laughs> you don't mind, do you? Let's keep it going. We'll keep it going. <laughs> Back at what you've learned, two years into hybrid working, I mean, obviously the, the trigger for that was COVID-19. What has it taught you about the security needs of your business? I, d I think, well, I mean, it's, it's completely changed, I, th I think is, is realistically what it means. Uh, I mean, the before and after. Exactly. Everything that, that used to work no longer worked, and everything maybe you didn't want to do, weren't able to do, couldn't get funding to do, you now have to do because everyone's everywhere and maybe some people will come back to the office and some won't. Uh, but I think in, in terms of looking at the, the steps that, that a lot of organizations around the world went through, uh, at that point, it was additive. So I've got, I've got what I've got and I will add whatever I need to be able to function and operate in, the, in a hybrid work. Uh, but now, well, hopefully we're, we're a little bit more stable in terms of what we're going to do, how people are going to work. So rather than having the additive solution of maybe I have two things that do, two solutions do very similar things, one for one people in the office, one for remote, we really need to fold those down so that everything starts to get optimized again and we get back to the level of work that was required to manage and operate and everything else, but still works for everybody on a global scale, wherever they are and however they're working. And Brian, was that true for you, for you at, at Channel 4? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think what we learned is that there needs to be some flexibility and obviously remote working is, is here to stay. Um, people needed frictionless computing, the ability to be able to just fire up their laptops, connect to, to, to the office or to the systems that they need and to be able to work seamlessly. And it was our responsibility to be able to provide that whilst still keeping all of the data safe and secure. Okay, let me bring in the rest of the panel. If I can start first with you, Adnan. Obviously, COVID-19 was a pretty challenging time for many businesses. We actually saw people having to work hybridly, remote. But I mean, what did you gain from that experience in terms of the lessons and being able to translate them into matching the security needs or meeting the security needs of your business? I think from what I've seen before pandemic, remote working was kind of a luxury that becomes a necessity. And now uh, it is part of your job. I haven't seen any organization here in Ireland who is saying you have to come back five days a week. It's mostly hybrid environment. We are two days, three days a week. Employers are expecting employees to come back. Things are changed dramatically from security perspective. Now, previous to the pandemic, you are mostly looking for security within your parameter of your office environment. Now, I could be anywhere in the world um, working for a company. Um, in that case, you need to make sure any security tools that you are bringing forward and existing tools, make sure they're, they're compliant with and looking after the different security risk that you bring when you're coming back, when people are working from different areas. Give an example, we used to block countries that we think that there are phishing attacks coming from. Now you can't really do that because people may be going on holidays and employers are offering employees 10 days, 15 days, 20 days, depending on different organizations to work from as part of their uh, holiday uh, plan. So in that case, you can't really block countries because you never know who and when someone will be working from. So you need to make sure you adopt the technology as per the business need, rather than you enforce your technology that this is how technology will work. And it won't really work that way. You have to make sure you adopt the technology based on the requirement of the future and the current requirement. So things are changed quite a lot, especially around remote working. You need to make sure your tools are 
cater for both type of scenarios, how you work, how you allow your applications to be accessible for remote workers. Uh, are you offering those uh, applications um, as a SaaS based model or you're also allowing them through VPN connection? So we need to look after those scenarios as well. So things are changed, but I think it's, it's a good, it's for the betterment of the society. Let me jump in there and bring Lalita into the conversation because, look, you've heard, well, well, the consensus of opinion, effectively, but the general thrust of it is, look, you know, hybrid working, it's here to stay. And as Adnan said, once you get the right technology, okay, it doesn't compromise your security needs. In our hybrid workspace, what I can say, we are working in one of the financial organization in our case regulatory and compliance are very strict nowadays because the day by day uh, threat are uh, increasing uh, for the business and brand and data so regulatory is very strict and whatever technology we plan we make sure that is a foolproof you can save business it can save data it can save your brand also so and in current scenario, when user want to work either from office or any remote location, we are seen uh, before pandemic there was that ex exception like we, you know, IT has authority to say that we are not providing any remote for, for kind of scenario. But in current scenario, it's a demand of business and we cannot give any excuses to business or management. So we have to provide foolproof technology in case they want to access network, any application, any data or if they want to work uh, from home or any remote location 24 by 7, we make sure that we provide full of technology which can uh, provide complete security to business and network. So we are working and evaluating technology continues in this area because uh, once you implement one technology, it is not enough nowadays. Because once you implement one technology tomorrow, again some extent will come and we find in the new market, news in the market that hackers, some of the technology and organizations already threatened by uh, hackers and uh, is exploited. So we have to make sure that every step we evaluate the technology and we upgrade our knowledge as well as technology to secure the business. There is a lot of controversy about hybrid working. It's one of those issues which will not be resolved in a hurry. But the bottom line is that many companies had to do this. And I'd like to know from your perspective, how innovative did it make you? And how have you been able to apply those lessons to the security of your company? It is, if for nothing, all right, the, um, the remote working and the hybrid working environment, right, brings um, security straight to the board, right at the, at the doorstep of the, the management board right because at that point at this point you cannot take any other whether it's technical decision or business decision without bringing security into 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 the process so to say because then from from at the top level you, you start talking about how is this solution how is this strategy going to impact users all right you start talking about how is this solution where is it going to be hosted right is he on premise or is he in the cloud right and who are the people who need this solution from the business perspective right so in the end what it does is that it brought security 
to the C-suite um, environment. And then everybody becomes responsible at that point in time. So it's no longer the afterthought system that it used to be, right? It is now shifting left that before we allow this process, this strategy to go into operation, we need to tackle what are the, the security implications that it may bring about. So obviously, and it also incorporated the mindset of the users, right? Before, because now everybody thought, oh, everything is on premise, all right? Right now, everybody understands, no, in as much as we are connecting, we are opening connections, we have to look at how do we protect it. So in the end, it incorporated security, information security in every aspect of business strategy. That is a win, all right? for the security team and which I see. And also it brings about innovating, bringing identity and access management to the board at that point in time. And they are ready to listen because you are talking about who should assess what and from where. For all of you, the hybrid working experience was a positive. There were wins all around. So given the sense of victory that's in the air at the moment, Brian, how does this prepare you going into 2023 in terms of your strategy? So I think we have to accept the fact now that we're not just protecting one particular network for the company. We are protecting thousands for, for all the people that are working from home. And of course, they're not just working from home, as was said earlier. They could be working potentially from anywhere in the world. So what we have to focus on is removing um, the security or concentrating less on the security on kind of a hard shell perimeter of your, of your own office and start looking at how you can protect the applications themselves. So it's more holistic. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, you, and, you, and what you need is a single form of identity. So you start looking at how can, you, how can you use that journey of an individual signing into a system and making sure that they're protected at all times. Sometimes you, you need to be a little bit creative. You need to think about the partnerships that you have with third-party suppliers and how they're gaining access as well. Um, but it, it's completely changed. Uh, and as a result, I think the C-suite have recognised that security is important and, and that's a great opportunity. But it could also be be careful of what you wish for, because for many, many years, information security have wanted that opportunity to speak to the C-suite. Now they've got it. OK. And is that true for you as well, Lalit, that basically it's, it's changed the way that you approach things? Once upon a time, perhaps it was looking at one thing, but now it is holistic so that, as Brian pointed out, Anybody who's in the company, if they're on a journey, you've got to make sure that whoever they connect with, you've got an identical seamless experience and they are protected. Everybody in that chain is, is secured. Uh, see, security, as long as security is concerned, I think uh, as a CISO or uh, technology head, I think we have to decide because whenever in our current scenario also, whenever we are giving access to any user on remote location, uh, we make sure that uh, first whatever uh, connection or technology we are providing to access the office resources are more secure. So before implementing that, we'll, uh, in our uh, case, we uh, we first uh, check the technology as a POC. It is foolproof. It is working as a business expectation. Then we allow user to connect from the remote. Because just to uh, as a uh, so because in current scenario or a uh, financial organization, what happens is some user take granted that is a critical for business and whatever he need we have to give as an IT person. But now this is not the scenario. We cannot uh, take anything as a granted and we, until and unless we are not sure the technology is foolproof and uh, we cannot provide access to user from uh, outside or remote location. 
this is what uh, strategy we use at the business level and uh, we have made policy also a strong policy for all the users okay adnan coming to the conversation the experiences that you gained from hybrid working in terms of improving the security of your business how do you feel you can employ those going forward into 2023 into your overall strategy okay yeah i think when uh, people are working from anywhere any time in the world because we're for different time zones you need to think about one of the basic thing is identity and access management they will be connecting with single identity irrespective to the location so you can't apply any restrictions based on the location based on the time zone but you still need to protect your application so it's not only about authenticating you need to make sure from where they are authenticating which device you are authorizing them to authenticate and also whether you have applied multi-factor authentication. So it's the security control is not only within your parameter. In the past, you just need to make sure people are connecting from your office building. Those parameters are gone. You have to allow your business users to connect anywhere in the world, but you can't compromise on security. There are tools available that you have to make sure you work uh, for the benefit of the users. So you need to show this an opportunity to the exec and the board that we are not always trying to block things we are here to enable the business from anywhere in the world and that's i think a success at the board level okay what about you mark because just listening to adnan that 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 i wouldn't say trigger point but trying to get it get it across to this to the c-suite look if we say xyz trust us we're not trying to obstruct we're trying to be helpful here so how does that that reality impact on the 2023 strategy well, I think there's there's a few things that, that the security team needs to do uh, as we go to 2023. A lot of it driven by by what we talked about in the first question about hybrid work and things that we need to look at that we never needed to care about before. So I think as, as Brian was saying, it's, it's not just securing one network, it's securing thousands. And you don't know what's on that network. Sure, the holistic approach. Exactly. So you need to extend your security out to unmanaged devices that are on those networks that could get infected and then just pass it across from maybe your phone to, to uh, a laptop. Things like if you have, because uh, we were talking about identity, if you have your, if you're an Apple user, you've got a Mac, it's connected to your accounts, your, all your SMS messages, your text messages now come through to your corporate device. I now need to care about uh, text messages coming in as well as a corporate security. And I think as, 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 as much as security needs to do more and do different things, I actually think it makes it a whole lot more relatable to the board because they understand those things as well. It's like, I, I do that too, that's an issue. Okay, and now I understand where you're coming from. And again, it's not the, the, the language or the technical terms, the jargon that they don't understand, that mm. they don't value. It's speaking it, in their language, it's, basically. It's bringing it down to things that they understand and things they do in their everyday life. I think the more we can do that, then the more that'll be uh, useful, go, well, not just in 2023, but, but, but beyond, overall. obviously. Yeah. Ronald, the question which I, I wanted to put to you is that, and I'll try to combine the two things, is that clearly hybrid working taught you valuable lessons that you can incorporate into the security where you work. Basically, in a, in a nutshell, what were those lessons and what does this tell you about the strategy you need going into 2023? Does it perhaps overlap with what you've heard so far? All right. So, so what I'll say with in relation to hybrid working is, um, yes, I mean, they brought about a lot of flexibility in how people work. Um, and I, I think that also from down where I work from, I mean, I think it improved productivity as well. Um, average, a lot of people spend about two hours in traffic commuting to work. So 
uh, once a lot of organizations began to enforce working from home, I, I think that it was more flexible. People didn't have to wake up surely too early and then be in traffic to get to work. Now, what it taught me was, look, obviously it came with a, a myriad of challenges um, from employees connecting from unsecured home networks, from proliferation of shadow IT, from lackluster um, patching of endpoints, endpoints including laptops. And I think that look, through, through all this, for me, it taught me to think out of the box uh, with my team. And I, I remember getting into this job in 2020. One of the first things I did when we got in was, at the time when I came in, there was a policy to say people should begin to work from home. Um, quickly, one of the key innovative things that we started doing was to say, okay, look, we need to get a platform that could train people um, on cyber security awareness and tidbits, wherever they are in the world. And so that was one of the key things that we started. We onboarded a platform that had a lot of cyber security content uh, to train people on the go. So you could find yourself anywhere in the world and still be able to assess these trainings. I mean, we could measure progress that employees were making in relation to these trainings. Periodically, we would send out a few phishing emails around just to test whether, I mean, people really are grasping the concepts um, that, that, that have been learned. For you, the lesson from this hybrid working experience was upskilling your staff, your team. Yes, upskilling them, and I'm saying also finding innovative ways to still train them. I mean, if the traditional way of doing security awareness was, I mean, face-to-face, -face, what it meant was that you needed to find a new approach, I mean, to do security awareness training. And that's where getting cloud-based platforms that has very rich content um, comes in, where employees all over the world, wherever they find themselves, but still log on to these portals and then still do the needed security trainings to still keep uh, organizations, corporate devices and assets and data and, and, and data safe. Okay, and is that true for you as well, Chooks? Because obviously, you know, you had the, the hybrid working experience, you took lessons out of it. For you, has it also helped you to prepare your teams going forward for 2023 with the upskilling, for example? Yes, Ronald is also right, okay, with... Um... Yeah, you know, taking security to the users. But also one important thing is also looking at how the threat actors evolved in this process, right? And so you find out that the threat actors also evolved in trying to also um, circumvent most of the security measures that are in place, all right? Because also understanding that every security measure, technology, is just a little step away from being circumvented because the hackers, the threat actors have a lot of information. So for me, all right, we are shifting left, all right? So I am fully engaged. I left technology already to psychology, all right? Because the threat actors are exploiting psychology of the employees, all right? A psychology of the business, the business model. They are exploiting the users. They are exploiting every aspect, the supply chain, all right? They know exactly, all right, at every point in time, whether you're putting technology, there is human behind it. Like I used to say, gun don't kill, it's human that kills, all right? If you put a gun correctly, load it 247 and leave it there for years, it's never going to do nothing, all right? Until somebody carries it and triggers it, all right? So the, 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 the threat actors are also um, exploiting the psychology of the user, the psychology of the business, and the business model of every 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 uh, enterprise so obviously so we're taking away moving away from less of technology technology will always do its job but then the process of getting that technology into the environment matters a lot right and that's what we are focusing purely psychology 
And that's, that's an interesting point as well, the psychology, not just the psychology of your team, but also the psychology of the people who are trying to attack that team and gain access to the data. And in a sense, it shows you how extended businesses have become. So I'm looking at you, Brian, because this question is for you. Don't look away from me. But I mean, has, have you found that given these new responsibilities that businesses are taking on in terms of security, but also, as Chuck's pointed out, really getting into the mind of those bad actors and the good guys, etc., that perhaps it's also led to an increase of shadow IT? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that it has necessarily led to that. I think new technologies and perhaps new approaches to security have helped to uncover it more. Um, so maybe you didn't really know the, the true size of the, of the problem beforehand, but <clears throat> what you have to do is that you have to, you have to look back at this. And if shadow IT is an issue within your company, then perhaps you're not providing the right tool sets for the staff to be able to do their jobs properly or um, being able to respond quickly enough, which is why they're going off and finding their own thing. And perhaps makes the company more vulnerable because of some of those technology sources they're using? Absolutely, it can do. And with, with cloud being so big now, it's not a question of them saying we need a server so that we can put something on it. They're, they're going out and they're using, um, they're using suppliers where they haven't been properly vetted by the company. That doesn't mean to say that they, those suppliers are insecure. It's just you don't know it's anything about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, Mark, how much of a problem is shadow IT for you? And I'm going to put this to the rest of the panel as well. Is it a, is it a big deal in your organization or have you got it under control? Well, there, there's certainly ways and, and technologies and everything that you can put in place to try and control shadow IT to see what people are doing. Uh, but I think just as, as Brian just said, the fact that it's just so easy, it's always going to be reactive. But it, I, didn't, it didn't get easy overnight. It, it did it's when you moved from having to install software and run things on premise to go, and I'm just going to sign up for this service. I pay them £10 a month. I've got it for a month. And then IT has to see it, find it, figure it out. Is it good? Is it bad? Block it? Allow it? Uh, what, what, whatever the outcome might be. But I think the, the, the kind of almost the, the forgotten piece of this is the, the crossover between uh, or the platforms that offer both a consumer and a business uh, um, option. So the IT, the, the company might sign up for whatever, a box, a Dropbox, something like that, but you can have your own one. And so then as you look at that as IT and go, well, is it Mark going to Mark's Dropbox or is it Mark going to the corporate Dropbox? And what's the difference between the two and how do I control that? So I think there's that kind of another layer of, of obscurity there that, that IT has to try and, and figure out exactly what's going on and is it a security issue? Right. OK, I want to put it very briefly to the other members of our panel. Time is running very, very tight. So, gentlemen, if you could be quite brief with your answers. But again, starting first with you, Adnan, um, how much of a problem is shadow IT in your organisation and how have you responded to it? Very briefly, please. It's about communicating with the business. If you don't give business what they need, they will go off and find something what will work for them. So for us, it's very important that you work hand in hand with the business. They normally look for easy way to do things. They don't really understand or they don't need to understand that the, we need to do supplier uh, validation. We, is there any GDPR compliance issue there? Where are they hosting those services? And sometimes it's happening because you're not talking to the business. One example, I've seen other organizations like um, digital signature, people start using their personal accounts for DocuSign. And later on, um, uh, you're trying to implement it through corporate way. There are already people in the company using DocuSign. So technically you lost half of the battle already by not communicating to them. If you give them what they need, 
they don't need to look for uh, different tools it's like more communication letting them okay. know hear hear from their pain they are not they are your friends they are not your enemies so you need to understand what their pain points are and if you provide them uh, what they need is a success let me jump in here because as i said time is very limited but lalit what's your take on this shadow it are you across it See, uh, as Adnan said, I think we have to communicate in the right way to uh, stakeholder or suppliers because uh, in a big organization, IT is uh, is maximum. I think maximum organization IT, IT is not given that much importance what they were, people are giving now. So in every area, it's work as shadow IT. Then we need to consider that whatever things we are providing to business stakeholder or. Uh, Our customer, it in a proper way, and it's work according to business expectation. I think that that is the scenario, and going now and going forward, we have to follow. I think that we can have good uh, outcome from IT to business. Okay, thank you so much for that, Larry. And final words to Chooks and also Ronald. The same question to you, Shadow IT. How much of a problem is it in your respective organisations, and are you across it with your response, Chooks and Ronald? Please. All right. Yes, of, of course. If you like, um, everyone has said, if you don't give people what they want, they find a way to circumvent it. But my approach has been right. Um, the best way to tackle terrorism. Is to is to is to see where the source of their fund is coming from, right? And then I told my board that no uh, project should be signed off without a security certificate given, security permission, all right? So which means that anybody that is looking for fund for any project, they need to get security clearance, and they all come to us. So obviously, you can't provision anything if you can't fund it. All right. So, and that was just a simple approach. If you come and apply for anything, they say go and get security clearance. Otherwise, the process will not continue, and that's how how we're able to tackle that. So, I think that um, for me, I think it's it's more it's more of positioning. I mean, how how does that really function positioning themselves in an institution? I mean, if if you are seen as an enabler, then the businesses will willingly come to you and say, "Look." Um, I, I, I want to buy this treasury system. Can you help me do a risk assessment on it, etc.? So I, I think that is, is to do more with positioning. And beyond that as well, I think also that um, from a government's perspective, I mean, uh, ensuring that, look, whatever project management processes are within organization has cyber security uh, integrated in there. Um, what that would then mean is that for every project that comes on board, um, The project teams will come to Cybersecurity and say, "Look, we need you to do a risk assessment uh, um, as part of going live with this project." So that's how I've solved it. But more being an enabler than, than an inhibitor. I mean, to um, to the business. Okay. Well, look. Thank you so much for that. Sharing your views on that final point, Shadow IT. It's been a pleasure talking to all of you. Thank you so much. 